everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Joining me today is Linda Hand, the CEO at Prealize Health. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. It's just before a long weekend. So thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you. Let's let's dive right into it. We usually keep these these short and sweet. Tell us about your background. Yeah. So 40 years uh, in my career, uh, most of it spent in early days in high tech. So Silicon Valley building, you know, organizations, technology products uh, for all different types of, uh, of uh, industries. Um, got into healthcare in the life sciences clinical trial space about 20 years ago um, and built out a company called Decision View, uh, which optimized clinical trials. And then I got into the payer provider space uh, in 2018 when I joined Prealize as the CEO. And and for for those of, of the audience that maybe aren't familiar with Prealize uh, Health, can you talk us through a, a brief overview of the company? Sure. So we were uh, founded by two thought leader Stanford professors, uh, Dr. Arnie Milstein and Dr. Nigam Shaw, um, basically who were very intrigued by the idea that one could use machine learning and AI to predict who would be getting into medical trouble in the coming year. Um, and so that was the initial IP of the company. When I joined, we literally started to build out the most comprehensive view of an individual, not only in terms of um, explaining what that rising trajectory was or what was driving that rising trajectory, but also the non-clinical factors. So what are the social, economic, uh, you know, environmental, behavioral, attitudinal things that really uh, contribute to the trajectory of one's health so that our customers can connect that to uh, you know, the next best action, the best thing to do to actually change uh, the trajectory of their health, uh, improve outcomes, and literally save money. And one of the things I was excited about having you on, Linda, to talk about is uh, a few questions around like AI, right? And I think we're at a time right now where I could ask someone probably 80, 90 years old, and they're going to be able to tell me something they heard about AI recently. It seems like everyone is talking about AI more than ever before right now, right? Uh, with chat yeah. GPT and, and some of the things that Google's doing. Talk me through as it relates to predictive analytics. How So how uh, is AI and predictive analytics changing the way decisions are made? So you mentioned, you know, AI is actually everywhere. I mean, it's in how you drive your car. It's in how you shop. It's you know, suggestions that are made are all kind of underpinned by AI. But I think fundamentally it's forcing healthcare to be more data-driven and evidence-based. And when I say that, like, you know, when I was started in the clinical trial space, that was all predictive analytics and AI. So I was very early in this space of kind of changing the paradigm from being reactive to proactive. And at the core, like, you can't start that journey without data. Uh, you need data that's valid and accessible and useful to whatever you want to predict from. And it needs to be interoperable so that you can exchange data and consume it and communicate it in a number of ways. And so really having that is the kind of fundamental underpinning. And people are very different 
uh, stages of their journey on that. Some are still trying to get their data lakes together and others are very sophisticated. But then, you know, really decision, the kind of the first step in that trajectory is to enable kind of automation of human decisions. So those manual processes, you know, making them more efficient, taking the human error out, encoding known patterns, things like that, making things faster. And I think that early threat was you're taking away my job, but in fact, you're giving you your job to operate more at the top of your license, right? Um, advancing into better judgment and providing insights that we humans cannot see. I mean, that's where we really accelerate judgment and reasoning and things with AI. And that's literally the, the sort of stages that we're getting to and using AI for healthcare. When one of the other things, Linda, I wanted us to, to be able to dive more into here today was probably another topic. Maybe not everyone's talking about this as much as some of uh uh, as a, you know, like they are with AI, I, I hear everything about health plans, right? Everyone is talking about something regarding health plans. Talk me through why it's important for health plans to become more proactive. I think that it really changes their relationship with their members. So, I mean, at a core, a lot of the interactions that health plans have with their members is transactional. It's you're joining the plan. I'm getting you enabled with that. Here's your benefits. Yes or no. Um, you know, appeals, things like that. You know, when we our first use case that we went to market with health plans was in care management and care management was, you know, very much transactional. So, um, you know, the reactive, the claim comes through. I see you're in the hospital you know, let's get you out or here's your medication that you need. Um, and, and really fundamentally AI and these predictive analytics have allowed a health plan to become more proactive and it opens up their eyes to like, not just what is happening today, but where are you going? And so the conversation changes to what's happening with your health. What do you, what's blocking you? What's getting in your way? How can I meet you where you are? Um, instead of having you meet me where the health plan is. Um, and we've seen, you know, that it changes, um, it changes how people also view their health and their health plan. Um, I think, you know, member satisfaction goes up, their NPS scores go up. I mean, we've seen significant changes in the, the health plans that we work with and the care managers. One, they are doing basically more social work than that transactional level and they love interacting with with members that way they're also getting them to change their behavior there's a lot of skepticism around whether or not you can you know somebody will change their behavior but in fact we have time and again results with our customers where the care manager has called right at the moment of impact right at the best time where somebody's not in the middle of an episode, they're not in an emergency at that time, it's before that. We're getting them six to 12 months ahead of that and they're willing to stop smoking, to change their weight, to change their behavior, to get on that med and to stay on it. And you know, we've really seen significant improved outcomes, um, avoidance of unnecessary medical spend because they don't end up in the ED. They don't end up in the hospital because you've caught them earlier and they've made some changes in their behavior. So it's really important, I think, if we're ever going to change the trajectory of, of health, chronic conditions, 
et cetera, and bend that cost curve. We have to we have to see the future and then you know have an obligation to do something about it. And earlier in the conversation when we were talking about AI and predictive analytics, I, I meant to ask you this, so we'll just circle back to it. Talk me through some of the trends you're seeing uh, as it relates to predictive analytics in you know your industry specifically. Yeah, I think that um, more and more companies are becoming more sophisticated in their use of predictive analytics, especially like AI and machine learning, where uh, you know it's a black box. And so what's been important for us to do is to add all those insights that, as I talked about, 360 degree profile to give a more comprehensive view around what is driving that and what is going on with that member. Um, There's a lot of chronic condition management companies that are doing fantastic work to to deliver more effective care and, and more cost effective treatments. Um, And we work with a lot of specialty care management companies that really need these types of insights, not only to treat them uh, more appropriately, but to understand and inform the risk that they're taking, right? Because health plans are struggling quite a bit right now. And anyone who can take the risk and the cost out um, is going to be a winner. Uh, So I see predictive analytics really informing those decisions, who to take risks with, what does that look like, and then how best to manage it. Um, also, in those value-based care arrangements, I know you know our fee-for-service uh, sort of incentives really broke uh, during COVID, and I think I hope that that's been uh, you know um, a catalyst to really move value-based arrangements forward. I I hear all the predictions that in fact that there is more support for that, but you need to forecast the future to be able to do that, and you really need to in you know then inform those individual specific management sort of actions that you can take to manage that risk. Um, We get a lot of, you asked about trends, uh, you know, we're very close to Stanford given our roots and we have a a lot of access to early research. And so I get to see a lot of the things that either they're doing in the clinical excellence research center there or in the bioinformatics lab. Um, And then not just what is the science, but I think the real challenge is how do you roll it out? How do you enable humans to use something like that? And without taking, you know, I mean, healthcare is a human-based thing. So how do you not take the human out of it, but support and um, enable them to make better decisions so that they can see all the things that they can't see? I think for us, up next is really moving to predicting those next best actions. Um, you know, providing such comprehensive predictions into the health trajectories and the timing of events around individuals so that we can really guide whole person care. And again, I think whole person care is going to be needed in connecting these chronic care, you know, chronic condition management companies together, because I'm a whole person, but I might have six comorbidities, you know, and how do I manage it? Which program should I be in? We really need to be looking at the whole individual. Well, Linda, I want to thank you once again for for joining me here on the Slice of Healthcare podcast and telling us about Prealize Health and just giving us some insights on what you think the future of the industry is and talking a little AI as well. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it.